0: this has been quite a week so far here on truth to ponder and we finally made it to thursday we're going to take a little time to talk about well money and finances with one of my good friends this is truth to ponder with bob bierman Over 15 years, I've had a good friend who lives in South Carolina. He's formerly actually a college professor for economics. But he decided the kind of economics they were they were teaching at the university level was essentially garbage. He pulled away. He's been doing his research on our fiat and funny money system we have here in the United States. And we're gonna to talk today kind of explain to you what money really is, define some new terms like cryptocurrency and a whole lot more. So let's face it, most of us don't understand certain terms that are tossed around, like like cryptocurrency and blockchain and you name it. Many of us just don't understand. We were raised in a time when we thought our money had value and worth. And in our parents' time, our grandparents' time, and great-grandparents' time, yeah, probably it was. But somewhere along the way, the money was no longer backed by anything tangible. If you look at a dollar bill, a five or ten, doesn't matter. It says the good crafe, you know, good faith and credit of the United States, we're so deeply in debt. What is our money really worth? And I, I've told you this on the program before: that money only comes into being as debt. In other words, just more debt, more money. And the more money that gets thrown into the system, well, there's a little problem. It causes. It causes prices to go up or the value of your money to go down, and it starts taking more of those new dollars to to pay your bills. All the money's gone. Today, how many college students are leaving college just just swimming in debt? Many are, are getting degrees in things that there's just simply no market for. So, you know, just like the song said, all the money's gone, nowhere to go. Many are staying at home with their parents because they can't find a job in that field of, oh, I don't know, fluid gender studies. What are you going to do with that for a living except go to some school to teach to some other fool that wants to take the course? Our economy, our economy is based on debt and it's based on what is essentially funny money, fiat money. It's just paper. The only difference between making your own funny money and the stuff in your wallet is maybe the quality of the paper and that's about it we've seen in our country's history and in my lifetime in my 65 years I have seen recessions I have seen high unemployment I've seen some good times we do this back and forth cycle but it seems so we keep going farther in debt each time we go through this this process and so when does it end? At some point at some point it's gonna break and when it does it's gonna be an economic reset this week we've been talking about all the things that are being reset in a new world order from the pandemic controlling how you live making people wear face masks being in fear the numbers the pandemic today are not backing up the claims they were making back in March. You know, back in March, we were going off that idiotic Imperial College model of how many people were going to die. And we were told in the United States alone to expect millions of people to die. And they're going to die by summer. And then we're going to have a second wave and, and many, many more are going to die. Well, it turned out those numbers were thoroughly bogus, totally made up, worthless. Yet we started this two weeks pause for the cause. We're going to for two weeks. We're just going to slow things down. We're going to stay at home. Only essential businesses will be open, which included Walmart, a pharmacy or two, a liquor store, abortion clinics. Those were the things that were deemed essential. And then, of course, in some states, the marijuana shop. Well, here we are, day 180, or we're heading toward 200 right now of the 15 days to slow the virus. So let's find out about how our money works. My guest, Peter Gantz, good friend of mine, and he lives in Anderson. Peter, welcome to the show. And here's my question, if you can answer it, what is cryptocurrency?
1: Cryptocurrency is basically what it refers to, just think of some of the more popular ones out there, you know, people say, well, what is Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple, you know, kind of, kind of what really are these things? And, you know, what first came to everybody's mind when they first came out is that they were alternative currencies, um, from the dollar or the Euro, the yen, you know, traditional Western based, uh, you know, fiat currencies. It was just something else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, First thing to keep in mind, when they first came out, there were a lot of very good economists, uh, you know, very good, hard money, sound, free market economists
2: mm-hmm.
1: who were, you know, kind of got all excited about them. They were all a tither about these things um, on the front end, uh, but only because it wasn't the dollar. It was just something right. else. Right. And they were just thinking, anything else is would be improvement only by virtue of the fact that it's something else. Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, look, See how this plays out, and see how it really does, and see what it is, you know, and what exactly is cryptocurrency, you know, what are people using them for, and will it actually work, and and you know, it is something else. How could something else be any worse than what we already have? True, I so mean, we just have paper, crypto,
0: you know, it's just paper money yeah, right but,
1: now. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to crypto like Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and Ripple and, and so on and so forth, um, they're fiat currencies as well. Um, All right. They're just digital instead of being on paper. Okay. So it, it really wasn't much of an improvement. Actually, you can make the case that they were actually actually worse. All right. So it was a it was an effort um, to do something different. But the reason why they came out with these, uh, particularly uh, with Bitcoin, is because it wasn't just an alternative to the current dollar. True. It was also an alternative to digital gold.
0: All right, digital. Now explain that digital gold. What is digital gold?
1: Okay, this goes back to a doctor by the name of Douglas Jackson out of Florida. All right, and what he did in the late '90s, he started eGold.
0: Yes, I remember and, that.
1: Yeah, and that came out the same time PayPal was coming out. And um, what 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 Doctor Jackson did, he actually. Uh, you know, practice medicine during the day and code during the night. Uh, it's pretty impressive, especially coding back then in the 90s, where you didn't have all the tools, all the coding tools that we have today. And we you know, we do far more much, you know, it's much easier to do far more than what he did back in the day there. But what he did, he came out with a way to digitally transfer gold from one person's account to another person's account over the Internet. So you digitized gold. All right. And the government shut that down.
0: Okay. All right. And yeah, so, I remember that now. I mean, this goes back to a conversation I think you and I had about 10 years ago uh, when you and yeah. I first got to know each other a lot better. And you were talking about the E-gold and all that. And I remember it now Now that you're bringing it back up and all the mess that he went through.
1: Yeah, so they they, they arrested him and they kind of shut him down. They, they and he had, a, he had a business partner there another attorney. And, um, they, they basically shut it down. They, they gave him an ankle bracelet, I think for six mm-hmm. months or a little while. And, you know, he went back to the practicing medicine, right? You can, um, uh, there's a book, uh, there's, there's a man by the name of Carl Mullen who's actually written a number of books on this, uh, mm-hmm. the digital currency challenge, the history of digital currency in the U S um, better money, the inside story of e-gold. He's actually a friend of Douglas Jackson and, and right. he's written a number of books that chronicles the, I guess, the evolution of digital currencies. You know, you know, since the internet came out here, right? And you know, the, the pros and cons, and how they've worked, and, and the, the the failures and successes of it all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, long and short of it is um, the the digital gold. Um, that was put together by, by Doug Jackson was also competing against some other digital currencies. Again, you had PayPal that came out at the same time. Mm -hmm. You had, you know, the Russian ruble that went down the tubes in the late Mm -hmm. nineties. They went to their digital version of web money transfer, but that was just using dollars around their area of the world. And Mm -hmm. you had another one that came out by the name of M-Pesa in Kenya. And people studied that one. That's, that's still used today and it, it gets pretty high marks. All right. But, um when Douglas Jackson was you know, put through a lot of legal trouble with prosecutors and had to eventually cop a plea, um, that's when um, uh, Bitcoin came out. And if you read the white papers there from the guy's name uh, who started uh, um, on Bitcoin, we think we know who it is, but uh, he basically said, look, this time we'll try what works in a reference to eGold. Right. Because we're going to have a digital currency, but nobody's going to be able to find out who's going to authorize it or who's going to author it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the won't have anybody to come after. And so they came up with this whole blockchain methodology of having a trustless, mm-hmm. um, right. non-third-party non-third intermediary-based system. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get out of the dollar as well, but they right. don't want to go down the same road that Doug Jackson went through by getting into legal troubles
0: okay and, and i'm so still i'm still at a loss on why what was the legal issue that that he had with eagle I, I never quite understood you know was it just because they don't want competition or what what was the real underlying cause of his demise
1: okay that's a great question a couple of things um he was he had read a book by bear Smith was pretty good Austrian economic analysis and banking in the early 1900s. That was sort of his motivation for understanding the problems of the current monetary system and and getting on a a gold standard and, or back to a sound monetary system. Mm -hmm. And so as he started it and he had, he had gold, he had his currency backed up by gold um, in, in, in Florida. He had gold in, in the UK and in um, the Middle East and you know, all these places. Uh, he, you know, Singapore and so on. I mean, he has, he was a pretty sound uh, backing digital currency, mm-hmm. but one reason, yes, the authorities wanted to shut him down because one, they didn't like the competition. All that right. was, that was one big threat. Okay? All right. But that wasn't the only problem. More technically, he, he did make a, a few mistakes, um, just on the business end of things. His, um, transactions were irrevocable. That's All right. Now, here's, here's what that means, um, more specifically. When you were to buy, and, and they were all, um, there was no KYC, you know your customer, anything like that. Um, anybody could set up an anonymous account. Mm-hmm. You set up multiple accounts and just pretty much move money all over the world. It truly was digital cash, all right. unreported digital cash. He had set that system up, and it worked fairly well. The problem with it is it's just like a local club um, in town. There was one club I used to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lounge. People would go in after business. They'd have their, their suits and jackets on and just have a drink. Right. And want to we'll talk about business during the day and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in there, you know, uh, one time, it had been a couple of months, and I found out that it had been bought out. Okay, And the new All owner right. just, you know, uh, turns out that we're, well, we're not going to be here that much longer. So, well, what's going on? And the new owner decided to turn it into a strip club.
0: Oh that's yeah, a, that's not a <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Well, what happened was, what, what happened was to that club, as it turned out, there you know it just attracted a bunch of pimps, drug dealers, mm-hmm. criminals, and all that stuff. In other words, and you know, it, yeah, not not exactly
0: the high society set.
1: No, it, it just attracted a lot of people, a lot uh, of lowlights, low and, and they, they called the police 46 times a night out of a year for some mm. shooting or stabbing or whatever. Oh, yeah. The and so, eventually, mm-hmm. the, eventually, the police just said, look, you know, we know you, you, you know, run a business, you have these rights and, and freedom to, to, to have whatever you want in your salvation, but we're coming out here every night, and we're tired of it, and we're just going to shut it down. Yeah. Okay? Because most of our criminal cases every night are coming from this place. So we've had enough, we're just shutting it down. So, what happened with Doug Jackson, Dr. Jackson Eagle, the way he had set it up is that Mm -hmm. he had every criminal, lowlife, you know, doing some, you know, crazy stuff, always using his system. And he was trying to, um, you know, bring those guys to justice, and he was working with prosecutors, you know, people who wanted to use you know, digital goals to do whatever it was launder money, steal mm-hmm. money, fund child porn or whatever. He mm-hmm. actually had a system in place to to work with the prosecutors and he, he actually did a very good, very honest job of, of having right. them track down people who were using his system for illegal purposes, you know. Purposes, pretty, you know. Purposes. Yeah. But but nonetheless the prosecutor said, you know, we're we getting a lot of this. This is just a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we're just going to have to shut you down.
0: And this is also so back at a time. Two, this is also early in the internet days in the '90s when this happened. If I'm not mistaken, you know, we, we weren't well, really set up for cybercrime. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he was more in the late '90s, mid to late '90s, and early 2000s. But right. eventually it, it was since it was since the transactions were irrevocable and anonymous. Right. He was, and uh, you know, so in other words, let's just say you. You know, the, the transaction fees were very low. Mm-hmm. Instead of paying like two and a half percent, sometimes up to three and a half percent, sometimes even four for you know uh you know, like uh, American Express or Visa MasterCard, True. real pricey. He was less than one half of one percent.
0: Which is pretty cheap. And you know, that's really, really yeah. great deal. Really fantastic uh, Oh, deal. yeah. So what merchants are... loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, merchants loved it. Um the only problem is is if you know if if you um if you were to buy something um, and you ordered something, say, online or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and the, the wrong thing was delivered, say, a pair of shoes the wrong size or something right, like that. Right, you're kind of stuck. You, the, the, the customer had, yeah, they had, had very little recourse. All transactions were irrevocable. All right. So the, the merchants loved it, but it, it didn't really give the, 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 the,
0: the, the customer, customer
1: a lot of recourse. Yeah, so they didn't have a lot of recourse. They mm-hmm. So disputes today, if you notice, like, say, whether Amazon or, you know, regarding something with – Visa mastercard. Right, right. right. They tend to lean towards most of the speeds. They tend to lean toward the customer.
0: True. And so, and, and, and but but you're paying for it, you don't realize it, but you're paying for that customer service, you know, because of the exactly. transaction the fees. The price, but you don't even know what it's, it's they are. Pricier. Yeah,
1: it's pricier, it's more expensive and all that. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, that's you know just one of the Mm trade-offs okay it's like thomas so said there are no solutions just just kind of trade
0: offs right real quick i want to just remind people real quick i want to remind people that you're listening to truth to ponder i'm bob bierman your host and peter gans our guest again and he's been on with us before and we are talking funny money digital currencies and even a little bit more here in the program and and peter if you just tuned in is kind of sharing some of the earlier, I guess, would you call that an early experiment or an early beginnings of what could be a digital currency with the guy that had e-gold back in the, yeah, e-gold, like electronic gold, uh, back in the 90s and and where it all leads to today. So that's where we are right now. So, Peter, back to you.
1: I mean, yeah, these, these pioneers, if you will, uh, such as, you know, Dr. Doug Jackson, um, they, they did a pretty good job of, you know, having sound economic principles, sound mm-hmm. beliefs, mm-hmm. And, and understanding, okay, this would, would probably do much better than the, the system we have today, monetarily speaking, with regard mm-hmm. to the issues such as the ravages of inflation and debt and debt spending and all that right. stuff. Right. Unfortunately, just strictly on the business end of things, um, uh, yeah, you had all these efficiencies and these gains by, by setting up a, a digital system that was irrevocable. -hmm. The problem with that is, like I said, it just attracted a bad criminal element. Oh, yeah. So eventually, not just due to competition from our current central monetary authorities, you know, the Fed, Mm -hmm. um, but also some practical, legitimate issues where law enforcement just said, look, you know, um, this is just, you know, we're just going to have to shut you down because you've got so many criminals using this thing mm-hmm. and it's, it's just uh you know and so you, you kind of have two sides of that argument right and so what you have you have a system today it was credit cards debit cards and, and online transactions
0: mm-hmm, that we all we're all kind of stuck right. using for now so
1: yeah that, that tends to work okay even though it's, it's it's not overly pricey even though two and a half three it can get that can kind of get up there there's mm-hmm. not a lot of competition in that space. There could be more with less regulation, but nonetheless, generally for the most most part, that system tends to work okay with chargeback and disputes and that sort of thing mm-hmm. allowed, um, and with the the emphasis more so on the consumer, that tends to work okay. But the problem is, it's in a currency that's mm-hmm. going bad on everybody. Okay, it's, it's a dollar. It's, it's dollar specific, based dollar.
0: Mm-hmm. and the dollar and the yeah, dollar and we've yeah. we've talked about this before that you know money coming into circulation is really just more debt i mean there's no other way to describe it it's debt
1: exactly so you have a system that you know in terms of its, its justice between buyers and sellers consumers and that sort of thing is okay it can be improved upon but with regard to the the underlying currency is using yeah, a debt based currency, of the dollar, mm-hmm. that's the big problem with it. And that's what you've got to make some moves to get out of. Okay. Right. Um, well, Dr. Douglas Daxon, you know, he, he tried just that, but unfortunately, um, with a, a irrevocable transaction, that just attracts uh, a lot of guys who are bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a good job of, you know, he, he himself his his company was attacked with phishing and hackers and that sort of thing, and he he fought off all those guys. So, so he had a he had a he had a um, you know a, a, a full play to work. So yeah, he's a he's a good a good person to learn um, what not about, to you know? do. And again, he was a pioneer. He he did kind of the best with what he had at the time. It was actually pretty amazing what he pulled off mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but that's a that's a good story to understand some good lessons to take home uh, when it comes to
0: when, when you're looking at some kind of a digital currency one of the things that people talk about today and this is all kind of rolled into this pandemic and we're hearing you know whether this pans out or not yeah i'm investigating looking could we possibly see some kind of a digital currency coming our way in the in somewhere down the road where that is the the preferred way for any kind of a transaction, people are saying that it could come down to almost like a, how do I put it, like a mark of the beast kind of, kind of scenario where you know, well, you know, money is dirty and you can't touch it, and you, we don't want to do this, and then we got to stop the criminals. So, and so to, to protect you, remember everything's always about protecting you, It's always the guys. Uh, do you see the, the possibility? Ah. Not saying if it is or isn't, but you know, from your vantage point, and 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 once again, uh, for those that are tuning in, Peter's been following economics longer than probably all of us listening combined. I mean, this has been kind of your life, and you out uh, you even taught it at the college level years ago, and got tired of the kind of the you know economics they were wanting you to teach, which is what Keynesian at that point. Um, which we just keep pumping more money into the system and adding more debt. But do you see the the prospect of a digital currency coming online because that's supposed to stop fraud, protect you, and then you don't even have to worry about credit cards or cash or anything else? What What's your thoughts on that? I hear a lot of people talking about it.
1: Okay, yeah, the the... the Long and short, yes, we will have a digital currency, but not for some mark-of-the-beast reason. I tend to take that postmillennial eschatological position. But even if you wanted to take the premillennial position or the amillennial position mm-hmm. or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, we would somewhat be, you know, somewhat, you know, uh, overstated, I guess, you know, eschatologically with regard to digital currency. Now, let's keep in mind, the dollar itself is a digital currency. It has been digitized, okay, even though we, we do carry cash around our wallets and, and change and that sort of thing. Um, it's just a matter at this point um, of what kind of digital currency for the, the failures and, and successes that we've had since the pioneering days of, of Dr. Doug Jackson that that will have that that works rather well in an age of uh-huh. massive decentralization. So, yes, yeah, people are, are trying to figure it out. So going back to, you know, the the earlier question you asked about, you know, cryptocurrencies, that sort of thing. It, you know So they tried to figure out something else. I said, we'll use this technology called blockchain, mm-hmm. a trustless system. And that didn't work. That mm-hmm. turned out to be just a huge speculative bubble uh, that y- y- really has no use. You know, I, uh, I remember uh,
0: listening. I remember, and I'm not going to say the name, but I, I listening to what a, one of those end time kind of radio TV show people. And this guy at the time was, I think, radio. And he was talking about blockchain. It's the future of everything, you know. And I haven't heard that term uh, in in a long time since until you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. I mean, I'd forgotten about blockchain, and you know, and a lot of people go, "What the heck was blockchain back in its day?" Well,
1: it's it's still here. That's what's used. Let's get into that for just a little bit. So, when Bitcoin came out, um, what they basically did, you know, they used blockchain technology. And you say, "Well, look, you tell me about what Bitcoin is a failure, disaster," and they'll they'll tend to agree. Mm But they'll point and say, oh, but blockchain is the way to go. Right. Um, it, even though they know Bitcoin isn't really going to do a whole lot. You can't really buy anything with Bitcoin. You hide Bitcoin. And how it works is basically it's not a very good currency at all because when the price goes way up on it, um, the merchant wants to take it, but the seller doesn't want to use it. When it goes way down, the merchant doesn't want to take it, but the seller well, wants to get rid yeah. of it for some mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. So it's too volatile. It doesn't work. It's speculative in nature. It's not stable. It's just gold or silver. So mm-hmm. it will never work well as a currency. It's merely a speculative asset and you literally can't buy anything with it anyhow because um you have to tra- you have to trade that in for dollars ultimately. Okay. So you have other things such as bit pay that you know, there's another level of transaction. So it's it's just a speculative asset but what you'll see when people say, yeah, those are all the problems with Bitcoin, even though the transaction fees were kind of high and it was very slow, they have improved on those. But nonetheless, they'll, they'll point to blockchain. and You can get another better currency than right. blockchain, with mm-hmm. Ethereum or Ripple. The problem with all that is when you um, go to, say, IBM's um, uh, supply chain management department, all okay, right. Well, maybe blockchain can use can be used for this, or maybe it can be used for voting, or maybe it can be used for currency, or maybe it can be used for you know multiple multiple right. players on mm-hmm. video games online or something like that. There are all these uses for it. And what you find out, IBM's um, you know, supply chain management will never mention blockchain, even though a different department at IBM will say, "Yeah, we can make blockchain and it'll work for you."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or somebody who's trying to put together some voting system all right they'll say yeah blockchain don't it won't work for us but maybe it will work for your supply chain management all right ibm will say no we can make blockchain it won't work for supply chain management but maybe it'll work for this this voting application or this video game company will say no blockchain won't work for us but yeah it should be there because maybe it'll work for this or that or something okay all right it's like nobody sees that a Everybody see, thinks it's going to work for something, except for what they're doing. They know it won't work for what they're doing. All right. And we have to come to a consensus that no, this technology isn't going to work. And a couple of guys have. They've been very prolific about. It. They were pretty smart. One guy's name is Kai Stinchcom. You can find him on the internet or YouTube, and he's a pretty good banker. He banks for um, elderly people, and his big deal is is to prevent them from from being um, you know taken from their money. All right. Um, particularly if they they get you know yeah, yeah all time. I mean,
0: look i'm all getting into guys. that i'm into that age bracket now the semi-retired and you know that yeah we got to watch what we have too moving forward and be very careful i mean this is we're, we're at that age i mean i'm still young enough to have my wits about me but that could change in five or ten years and you know my yeah, lifestyle and everything else so you're trying to be very protective of what we're doing.
1: Yeah, you don't want somebody calling you up and you want a bank that says, hey, you know what? In the last 30 minutes, you've already donated to this one cause three times. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so you want a banker that's going to catch that. And right, this guy's actually exactly. Good. And he's big, on, he's big on security. He's got a background in security. Right. And he says, look, I've looked in the blockchain for my customers. I've looked in that for my bank. And mm-hmm. it basically, it's not all that secure. It's not all that anonymous. It's pretty much useless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at all the bitcoin that's been out there and all the other cryptocurrencies you know about a third of it has been ripped off and stolen from yep. these guys to those guys yep. those are all irrevocable transactions mm-hmm. so imagine today bank of america or City bank and say yeah we lost a third of our accounts you know would be a pretty bad i, I
0: think stuff. there'd be a run like, on that bank too you know and that'd be yeah, the end of it
1: nobody that bank. you know so the, the problem is Blockchain and crypto and irrevocable transactions mm-hmm. has been quite a disaster. Okay? Right. So as we move through the late 90s to 2000s to where we're at today, right. these have all been speculative disasters which has left the deposit holder, the, the, the customer, uh, with no real good alternative yeah.
0: here. They're
1: mm-hmm. kind of saying, well, I'll try something traditional and just stick with my own bank and the dollar, and that's not going to
0: work. True. You're listening to Truth to Ponder, and uh, Peter uh, Gans is my guest. And Peter, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back on the other side, I want to kind of move away from the digital a little bit and we and, and, and start looking at what would be called hard assets, you know, something that's tangible. And I think you have a lot to say about that. And I and you've you this has been a passion of yours for years. I know. We just as a how do I put it? Like a disclaimer. You, you and I have been friends for over a decade. Probably yeah. we're pushing fifteen years now since we first met, at least. And and in that time, you, I've gotten to know you, and you've you've had these ideas that you've been working toward for just a long time. And uh, and I'm I'm glad to see you're finally getting to that point. Of of what you've been working on so diligently, so carefully, and so skillfully, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. This is Truth to Ponder, and we'll be right back right after this. We're in the money.
2: We're in the money. We got a lot of what it takes to get along.
0: This is Truth, Truth to Ponder money. with Bob bierman question is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to Truth to Ponder, part two of our program today. I want to remind you about our website. It is truth2ponder.com. Truth, the number 2ponder.com. You can find out about the show. You can find out where to hear prior broadcast of this show. The current show is always on the front page and other listings of what radio stations around the world are carrying this and where you can hear and what times we have that. And, you know, we're, we're excited about the growth and a number of people have been sending emails and saying that this is a wonderful voice to have because we're trying to sort through all the noise. And no matter how you cut it in this political year, there's a tremendous amount of noise out there. And I'm trying to cut to the chase and give you information you can use. So my guest on the program today, as we go back into, as we come back here in part number two, Peter Gantz, he lives in South Carolina, I'll say that much, and known him for 15 years. And he's my go-to guy when, I, when you want to talk about money, funny money, fiat currency, even digital currency, hard assets, you name it. This is something that he has dedicated his life to learning and understanding, and it's good I can have him as my resource for you to learn more. So when Peter, when we look at all this technology that's out there, when you look at the money we have today, the way our currency system works, what, what do you see in, in the future with all this technology and, and our current fiat currency? Where does it all kind of intersect? Where is it Where is it all heading? Well, as, you,
1: as, as people look at their, their two options, essentially, they can stay in the dollar, which is the current system, um, which is not a very wise thing to do because of the amount of dollars that they just simply keep printing off, mm-hmm. um, which makes each dollar worth get-
0: less. You know, every time they keep printing more, the dollar you have becomes worth a little less. That's called inflation,
1: yeah, it becomes worth less and worth less until eventually it just becomes worthless. well, and yeah, it, it well, it's eventually.
0: it's it's like these people that talk about the, quote, fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. now, I am old enough to remember when the minimum wage was about a buck 50 an hour. And you know, so I'm telling you my age and I think my first job, ooh, I got paid a $1.65 an hour. Now, $1.65 doesn't sound like much, but when you start looking at what the price of things were at that time, you know, they you know, you 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 could buy a McDonald's hamburger for twenty-five cents, not a dollar eighty-nine or two dollars and something. French fries were a quarter, not two dollars and something. Um a drink was just pennies instead of two dollars, uh, for a cup of ice. And, and so the fifteen dollars today is worth roughly a dollar sixty-five, mm, what, fifty years ago. In other words, the value of our money has gone down. Look at look at how my first house that I ever owned was in the little town of Toccoa, Georgia. And you know where that is, not far from where I'm at in the mountains right now. We're talking three-bedroom, uh, one-and-a-half-bath, brick house, nice new subdivision, $17,000. <laughs> you know, I mean, and... And, you know, the house payment was like $100 a month. Taxes were like nickels and dimes. You didn't even think about property taxes. They weren't that much in Georgia and South Carolina. Today, that's changed. And if you're in the northeastern United States, I see people in these little 800-square-foot homes built in the 40s in the middle of Long Island paying, I don't know, nine to ten thousand a year in property tax on these little tiny postage stamp homes with one bath so we've seen our money decline so what is our future when you you're talking about where it's all heading and you're right the dollar its value keeps going down so you need more of them and if you're on a fixed income you ain't getting a whole lot more of them so your ability to pay for things is going down
1: Oh yeah. And another, another issue to all that. Remember if, if you're making the $15 an hour today, um, uh, as opposed to the dollar 35 or dollar 65 or whatever it may have been, mm-hmm. um, it's not that, you know, it's still equal. Remember you pay more in taxes with the $15 mm-hmm. or the hundred thousand dollars you make, uh, because it's a progressive income tax. Mm-hmm. So just not normally, but in real terms you actually have less money, you know, after the, the tax man gets through, between yeah. the
0: tax man um, and then the inflation against that because see number yeah. one when mcDonald's inflation suddenly is a higher tax bracket mm-hmm. so you're actually you can't win at this game
1: and no. this this was understood by 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 men uh such as the pioneers uh 30 years ago right and they, they saw what was coming in and they they have sort of you know we struggled with the digital technology that's come out with the internet and mm-hmm. you know all the programming languages and the apps and so on and so forth we but we're we're getting better and clearer at it. Uh, but just the way it is in life, you, there's just you know some some caverns you run into. You got to turn back and, and find out something that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried this this blockchain, this cryptocurrency, and that was essentially a, a big flop. All right. Um, so if you if you look at your two options, you've only got the 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 only option you've ever had for money
0: since right. the history of
1: mankind. It's has mm-hmm. gold and silver. And yeah. so you want to go ahead and, and get out of both the dollar system and any digital system that doesn't have any gold and silver backing. Mm-hmm. And your only option is to just buy some coins and mm-hmm. put them in your safe and, and pull them out uh, when, when the dust settles after the implosion, explosion, whatever you, you want to call it. Right. Okay, And then you just go on. Mm-hmm. So that's your only option, to buy it physically. Okay. Or have that physical asset somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now that And, that, and that's a big deal. What you, cool. what
0: you just said, you, you know, to actually have the asset, you know, you and I, and I, I'm just going to tell people, I can remember this story. Um, Anderson County, South Carolina, not that many years ago, a guy that was actually on the county commission, well known and loved among all the politicos in that community, um, had, yeah. a bus- had a business. And, you know, he was telling people and and doing seminars at hotels all over the upstate of South Carolina, was even on shortwave radio back in the 1990s. I mean, what I'm doing now. Um, And he was hawking this, you know, buy a silver certificate from me. In other words, you don't have to have the worry of, of storing the silver. I'll take care of that for a little tiny fee for you and you can keep buying all the silver you want. And I've got it in, what was it, Maryland, supposedly, where the, where the uh, vault uh, yeah, was or something like in that?
1: Maryland.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want a Maryland there. And, and, it, and the whole thing was actually a Ponzi scheme, literally. I mean, he was stacking it. There was no silver involved. He's taking your money to pay out the first investors looking for their money, and he's living off the difference in a really nice house, which got confiscated by the federal government. Uh, when the whole thing, and it was worth how many millions, when the whole thing just completely... I think it was
1: about, about $80 million. that When it collapsed.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, he so. didn't have enough cash flow coming through when somebody said, hey, I'm retired now, I'd like to get my uh, $300,000 investment. And all of a sudden, it was taking longer to pay him out, and that got people suspicious, and the next thing you know, there was no silver in, in any vault in Maryland, um, and there yeah. were people. Literally, I know one individual. I'm not going to name him. Uh, he was well known in that community. It had been in, you know, broadcasting and what have you. Lost his entire life savings. It was all in there. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I know people who had put everything with him, and mm-hmm. they lost everything, and they're not retiring. No. And so those are just you know simple, straight up crooks out there. Um, and that was a Ponzi scheme, but you know, the dollar's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. Cryptocurrency, a Ponzi scheme, they're it's just all around us. Yeah. And, and, and you gotta say, look, you know, what, what do I do? Where do I go? And that's why we focus on manufacturing the one silver rounds, pure three nine with the Buffalo on them. It's unarguable. We put them in a bag and you get a thousand of them and say, here, take this and go hold on to it somewhere, put uh-huh. it somewhere add a dresser drawer, whatever um they fit nicely there's plenty of them and you know get yourself a few bags Mm -hmm. of them have two three thousand of them and and you'll be good to go in that day you have it on hand yeah it's it's not too heavy to carry around it's it's, you know a a a woman could carry about a thousand rather easily in a very small purse um you know um
0: and it's worth some money i mean it's going to come down to that um I look at it this way: if, if, if with the dollar the way it is, with the debt we are taking on because of the pandemic or plandemic, take your choice, and we'll be talking yeah. about that hey, in, like in that. the next couple of days too. A little bit more, you know, dis- dissecting the corona numbers because see, we got a problem now. At least uh, some people do. We have an in- we have this whole thing about infections going on, but we're but the people that are dying or being hospitalized, that number keeps going down daily all over um so how long will this play out how much longer do we lock down how much more of our economy is sacrificed just for the sake of the what i consider i really believe in my heart maybe you disagree and maybe you can show me where i'm wrong but i think all of this is part of a reset in terms of our economy and how we do business i just have this feeling that this is to be the beginning of a reset am i wrong
1: well, no, it it is the beginning, and and whether it's actually planned by the higher ups or whether it's some conspiracy or whether it's not, it doesn't matter. But,
0: mm-hmm. the,
1: the bigger question here is that, you know, particularly with COVID, uh, it's actually you know quite a quite a uh, in a certain respect, sort of a mile. It's pretty, you know what's what's shut down during COVID. I think that's just kind of a, a preview or getting this used to or you know uh, kind of like dipping your toe in the water of what's to come. A lot of things are going to change dramatically. Mm-hmm. When, when the dollar really falls and we, we get into a sovereign debt crisis, which is a yep. whole nother ballgame. A sovereign debt crisis is different than a financial crisis. Financial crisis is, oh, we're just out of money, bank accounts are balance print some money yep, up yep. And, and tie it over full time. Well, a sovereign debt crisis is where the printing press really goes on. We have huge defaults yep. and prices go way through the
0: roof. And nobody and wants our funny money anymore. We, you know, nobody wants our yeah, funny money. Well,
1: this is well to save that money to save that funny money. So what it means is okay. Well, you're not allowed to price bread at a uh, hundred dollars a loaf. You got to keep it uh, to five dollars, mm-hmm. and then that means price controls. That yep. means shortages and yep. long lines. because the money's not and worth anything. And that means a huge meltdown. And that's that's generally how those things work out with those sort of currency problems. Mm-hmm. So that is a whole nother ball game coming to a theater near you yeah i say, believe look, it uh, look I, I... you just want to make sure you've got a nice you know a few little nifty bags of these one tenth ounce fractional silver rounds yeah and you go back to the manager and is uh, you know go you know go talk to the, the grocer in the back there and say look i got to get some real stuff for you and then and, and they, he'll he'll take that deal you, know, you know six days out of the twice on sunday yeah yep. just take all silver coin. And you want to make sure they've got a buffalo on them or an eagle on them or something that's well known or understood, not some crazy design and it's unarguable. And you're you're gonna do okay. You're gonna do well mm-hmm. in those times relative to other people who have been, you know, caught with their pants down. Look, you, know, the dollar system. you look look at so, look
0: at Germany back in the night right after World War One. Their currency, it took a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread, literally. The paper yeah. was worth more than the money itself. I mean, it's. It got that bad. The paper was worth more than the money itself, and you know, you it, 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 no one. You could people were using it to wallpaper houses and and keep themselves warm. I mean, literally, that's what they used it for. <laughs> they were burning it in their fireplaces because it was cheaper than buying wood. I mean, just use the paper money; it's cheaper, and and that's what. Yeah, but, and, and I see that. Look, the day, and I'm going to take this now from a theological point of view. This system that we're in right now, like any other system the world has ever seen, will never sustain. They all run their course, and all we're doing in the United States today, and if we and it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, Independent, Libertarian, doesn't matter. In order to keep the Ponzi scheme going, called Social Security and everything else, we got to print more money, and at some point. Someone's going to say, guess what? We don't have anything else. Yeah, we can put this, oh, I don't know, $1,500 or whatever it is, you know, in your Social Security into your bank, but that $1,500 is only worth about $50 now. Uh, $50, not 1500 This is what I see happening, that the prices will just skyrocket, and the amount of the Social Security check or your retirement check, wherever it came from, whether it's a private or state, it'll stay the same as promised, but its value is not going to be there. And that's where the that's the trick. I mean, it's not like we're out of money. We'll have plenty of it. It's just not worth anything. And that's it's yeah, going to be hyperinflation.
1: Yeah. So the government will default and the only question is how? Do they mm-hmm. come out and are they going to be honest that we've overpromised, we we can't pay, you know, the military teachers benefits and pensions and social security. We've mm-hmm. got to, Everybody's got to take a haircut or whatever. If they did that, then those checks, you know, if you got say like 20, 30% of your social security check, it wouldn't have that value, right? but it would have some value, okay? Um, But if they don't do that and they say, well, no, we don't um, want to default that way, they'll Mm -hmm. default another way by just printing the money up. It's the same way, except it's actually worse because the negative effects don't show their face until six months down the road. And then at that point, you can blame, um, you know, greedy businessmen for higher prices or whatever. Okay? And it becomes a it's, a
0: it's a total disaster any way you cut it. I mean, so.
1: Exactly. All so right. it, it, it's default one way. It's just a matter of how they default. And that printing press is is their go-to way of defaulting on everything.
0: You know, the Bible talks about the use know. of silver and gold frequently. And that, that was a.
1: Just weights and measures and so on. mm mm-hmm. You know, it's very typical going back to like the Book of Kings or Elijah's day, where you say they were in a, a phony economy back then, and they mm-hmm. had the same problems back then. Um, it was you know, you know, worship back then, and and all that stuff. Um, it's just a complete disaster.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we just have the, have the same thing going on here today. We've gotten ourselves into to the, the, the same kind of a mess, and we got to look okay, how do we how do we get out of this? Yeah, thing? well. You're right. You know, following the Bible, you know, (laughs) we should listen to God. Let's start doing that now. But um, anyhow, let's get back to some honest weights and measures. And we've we've struggled trying to do that with this new technology, Mm -hmm. uh, mainly the internet, the the applications, and so on. And as these pioneers have have tried, some of them have tried in good faith, some of them have not. Mm -hmm. And those that have, um, such as, you know, again, keep going back to, to, to Dr. Douglas Jackson. He's he's tried good faith, but um, there are other fintechs out there who have come up. Um, right. Take a look at uh, fintechs such as uh, Zelle or Venmo and, and uh, others such as uh, Plaid and those sorts of things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Stripe, uh, alongside of PayPal and, and their APIs and applications. Yeah. Uh, these are just essentially – uh, ways that people can transfer digital currency, mainly the dollar, mm-hmm. from one account to another right, on a cell right. phone or to buy something, you know, at a store or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, think of even Apple Pay and those sorts of things. Amazon Pay. Everybody is kind of branching out to have their own payment system mm-hmm. to uh, increase their name brand or signify mm-hmm. their Absolutely. name brand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's going on there? But remember, they're all doing it within the dollar. Okay, and there's going to come a day where. When the dollar goes bad, all these payment applications that people can get downloaded mm-hmm. on their phones—they're uh, going to move towards silver.
0: You know, I could um, Or gold. I'll tell you, and I'm, I'm thinking a, before a 19. Oh, was it 1973? Is when we got off the gold standard, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 72 or uh, 73? 71. Actually. 71? 71. Okay, mm-hmm. 71. You're right. Se- first, the, yeah, the first. Uh, part of the Nixon administration, yeah, in the first, yeah, between 68 and 71, we were having economic stagflation then, and we're now, what, 50-some-odd years since we had gone to the Federal Reserve, and then what, about 25, 30 years since uh, Roosevelt had confiscated all the gold out there, and you, know, you couldn't own gold anymore, you know. Uh, he put us on an international gold standard where where citizens couldn't own gold, but foreign
1: countries and foreign official and institutions could redeem their dollars yep. for US gold. Yep. And then they print so much money in the 60s, uh France under the Gaulle and the Germans and the British and, everything, and the Japanese, they said, well look, you mm-hmm. guys just print up money, we want our gold and kindly goes into the Nixon's office and says, look, it's it's over, we got to shut it down yep. and and Nixon had to throw run the town. That was the end of that. And then everybody now was on a um a paper money standard. Yeah. Now, we have set the world record for doing this going 40-plus years. I think the most that's ever been done, I think, by any any time in history was, was about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the biggest empires. They go back to the Roman Empire, those sorts of things. So we have really set a huge record. That's nothing to be proud of. It yeah. just means the, the clap, I mean, that much more dramatic. Right. And that much larger, and the sovereign debt crisis is going to be, like I said, a whole other ball game. It's going to be that much bigger. Yeah. But you're fine if you can go to your private stash of just a small amount of, so because a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. So if you had just maybe ten ounces, or if you had just like a hundred ounces, all divvied up into one ten pounds, you're good. You are good. And if you can think about that in terms of nineteen sixties purchasing power. Yeah. You probably have your retirement right there, mm-hmm. and you know the, re- the world will will return to what it was before after this huge social experiment of the 20th century. Yeah. You know, comes to an end we come to our senses. You'll 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 have a lot more than what, what you what, what you might think. So a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. I, I can't stress that enough for people. But eventually that will be digitized. And here's the thing: a lot of guys will come out with some fintech, but fintechs. Uh, mainly, they they're just software companies essentially. Yeah. They don't have a backbone. We we're trying to get that backbone. We want to be very good. We actually produce the coin, yeah, or the rounds of your silver. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there's some mints that really don't have anything going on with the software technology side of things. Um, so I kind of liken us to to being a, a mid tech, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because when you when you look at the amount of dimes, just a one-tenth ounce silver round is about the size of a dime. That's what we focus on. Mm -hmm. Two billion of those dimes, two billion dimes, U.S. dimes were made um, in 2018. And if you were to, they go up to three billion, which was something that the U.S. government probably couldn't do. Uh, They would be running overtime just to make, making three billion dimes, divide that by 300 million people. That means, that's enough for just 10 dimes for every person. Yeah. Not much. Okay. So when they, and they're not even made of, there's no silver in those things at all. So you can imagine the huge shortage we're going to have. You, people talk about coin shortage. Now yeah. I could line up 10 presses along the wall here mm-hmm. and go as fast as can be. Um, <laughs> anybody can, all of the, all of the men, uh, myself included, if we all joined forces, yeah, we wouldn't come close to coming to, to the, the amount of, you know, coinage needed. Yeah, for for what people are going to need, and so therefore, it's an inevitable result that a lot of this stuff is going to have to be digitized. Yeah, and we're going to go back to Doctor Jackson's way uh-huh. of digitizing it, except they're going to have to be revocable transactions. Yeah. yeah, So, for example, I can give you a check. It has my um, all my information on it. Uh-huh. My account number on it, my routing number, my address. But I don't really care. If I if I owe you a hundred dollars, I give you a hundred dollar check, and you, you move the decimals to ten thousand dollars, I see it in the bank account. I can call my bank, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll, re, uh, they'll 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 fix they'll, it. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll fix it. They they can undo the transaction. Yeah. Okay. Um, that doesn't happen much right now. In you know, it doesn't happen at all actually. In 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 blockchain. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. You've got to get digitally revocable transactions um, on a silver or gold yeah. standard. And that's what's coming. And if you can find the companies that are working on that, then that's when you're, you know, you can actually feel safe.
0: Yeah. And you know something, we're about out of time. And I want to really quickly just say one thing that I'm going to ask you to give information about what you do. I remember the old song. We've talked about this before, you know, shaving a haircut, two bits back in the day. Silver and gold, you know, if the same amount of silver will buy you um, a brand new suit or whatever it is you're buying, as compared to the 1800s, I mean, it's just it held its value uh, in spite of inflation. In other words, it goes up with inflation instead of going down or backward, where it becomes worth less. It just stays. It, it runs uh, par. In in other words, so you know what what a a couple of ounces of silver would buy 50 years ago it still buys that today and it will buy that in the future as it did up you know 500 years ago yes as, as you said accurate weights and measures if they want to find out more how do they get a hold of you and your website
1: okay sure um they just need to browse up um standard precious and that's plural metals is plural it's all one word. I know it's no mm-hmm. complex there, but it's, it's standardpreciousmetals.com, mm-hmm. and we just uh, offer people basic, standard, three nine five 9 fine silver, mm-hmm. and buffalo round. Yep, nothing fancy.
0: Nothing fancy. Uh, just uh, your hedge against the future. I mean, I just. I, I don't want to keep all of my assets in what little my wife and I have to work with for the rest of our lives. I don't want to have it at risk. I want to have some protection somewhere. And that's why, you know, as my disclosure, that we're looking at it too, very seriously. So my advice to you, go to standardpreciousmetals.com. standardpreciousmetals.com. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website,